everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one half of the show. My name is Jeff. The other half is Mark A. Johnston, who is joining us remotely. Or, you know, to him, I am remotely, but I'm recording here. So, Mark, welcome back. Uh, how are you doing today? I think I'm more of three-eighths of the show, and I don't know if I'm a half. But, uh, you know, it's close enough. Are you a quarter or a third? Because remember, Burger King came out with a third-pound burger, <laughs> and right. people were like, no, I want a quarter-pounder, because for some reason they thought a quarter was bigger than a third. Yeah, yeah, it is that. I was thinking three-eighths, though, or maybe seven-sixteenths. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, you know, you're half the show to me. and Oh, uh, I appreciate that. As the guy that writes the checks around here. That's all that really matters. I don't think I've written a check in 20 years, man. Yeah. Well, okay. The guy that the guy that pays you. Yes. Direct deposit. Okay. Good. Just want to make sure. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. It's time for your second favorite strike podcast of all time. Right. The, or whatever the lettuce one was from last week. That's probably your favorite. But Oh, yeah. What was that one? Something about lettuce. It was, I, I never listened. I meant to. I didn't get around to it either, but... I'll have to check out the lettuce podcast, see how that goes. But let us get right into uh, to BP this week. How's that? I for see a what segment? you did there. Yeah, that's professional podcasting that's right there. Yeah. Uh, let's get into uh, to some smaller stuff here before we uh, get to. Well, I mean, we got to get warmed up. It's been a long winter. But uh, before we do anything, Mark, we're recording this. The show might be out on the 9th. We're recording it on the 9th. We're a little bit late this week. Busy week. But something happened that was pretty important today, February 9th, back in 1920, that I wanted to make sure we touched base on. The Rules Committee banned all foreign substances or other alterations to the ball by pitchers, including saliva, resin, talcum powder, paraffin, and the shine and emery balls. Nothing yes. about spider tack. So, I mean, I guess that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not on there. Yeah, a pitcher caught cheating will be suspended for 10 days. That's it. So, so a couple starts. Yeah. One start and then he well, starts. Well, no, this league. is 1920. So that's probably like. Oh, every other day. Probably yeah. four or five starts. Yeah. yeah. The uh, American League allows each club to name two pitchers who will be allowed to use the pitch for one more season. But the <laughs> National League allowed clubs to name all of its spitball pitchers. <laughs> really? Which they could then use it in 1920, but not after 1920. And I don't think that is. The final rule, right? Because I think guys were grandfathered in and could yes. use it till the end of their careers. Yes. The shine ball and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I think they altered it a little bit after February 9th, 1920. But I thought that was an interesting thing. I, you know, I was looking, hey, did anybody make their debut today? Because I love debuts, but obviously a little, little early for that. Yeah. Even for spring training debuts. Yeah. Well, speaking of spring training, Shohei Otane apparently in camp already. Oh, well, today, you know, he's got some stuff to work on. They're just it's like it was like a World Series media scrum already. Just him getting into camp, as you can imagine. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. It's going to be absolutely nuts. Yeah, I hope everybody likes the Dodgers because the Dodgers are absolutely going to be the epicenter of baseball this year. They certainly are. For once, it's Los Angeles instead of New York. Yeah, let's see if they win a World Series, though, because that's the key. Yeah, that's if they don't. Anything but a World Series is a failure. I agree. I think absolutely anything other than a World Series title is a failure for that team, the yep. talent they have, and the money they've spent. No question. 
Let's see, Mark, we did this a while ago leading into the holidays, and I wanted to do it again because we're leading into uh, Hallmark's favorite holiday, uh, the one they invented. It's Valentine's Day coming up in about yes, a week. Made up holiday. Yeah. So what I wanted to do is come up with a list again. We did this for holiday baseball names. I thought we would go with Valentine baseball names. Of course, you know, Bobby Valentine being the low hanging fruit. So we're just going to we're going to get that <laughs> out of the way. Gee, I didn't come up with that one. You didn't. Oh, well, then I, I'll score a point there on that. But I've got about 10 names here. I, I know you've got a couple Let's go through it and see. Now, last time I brought it up before we recorded, I'm still probably once a day in my head will say Johan Santa. Nah, <laughs> because that was, that just, was one of my favorites. It still makes me laugh. In fact, I saw a picture of him earlier this week, and that's all I could think of, and it made me laugh. But. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could add to your levity for your day each day. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into this. Some Valentine-themed names. Uh, of course, Bobby Valentine, the easy one. I thought Corey Hart was pretty easy, too. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, there's a bunch of hearts. But this Corey Hart also, you know, you could think of sunglasses at night. Isn't that I what also could you think of? I also came up with this one. Vladimir Valentin. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I saw him. He had a home run in the in the Caribbean series this year in the first game. I've He's, been watching the Caribbean series. It's been fun. Yeah, the championship game is tonight in just a couple hours. Yep. So I'm very excited. I have to record it, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably uh, watch it while I make some dinner. But Vladimir, he's like 39 now. He's still. Wow. Still kick. He's playing in the Mexican League. He's playing in the league the last couple of seasons. So I assume he'll be there. I also came up with Candy Maldonado. Very good. Because you give candy out there. Cupid Childs, of course. I mean, that. Excellent. That pretty much writes itself. There were a lot of guys whose last name was Love. Yes. But I'm going to go with Slim Love. <laughs> Slim to none. Oh, let me pull up his page. Uh, Slim Love was a pitcher in the 19s. Is that how you say that? Like 1910 through 1919? Is that the 19s? Yeah, I guess it's the 19s. Yeah. So he was 28 and 21, played for the uh, Washington Nationals, the Yankees, and the Tigers. And one year led the league in walks. Yeah, boy. 1918. Wow. In 228 innings, he gave up 207 hits and 116 walks. <laughs> that's a lot of base runners right there. Man, that's for not a, the best whip I've ever heard. No, for his starter, his whip was 1.4. Ooh, wow. And his, his war was a minus 0.3. So that's probably mm. somebody I would pull in Wax Packs Heroes if we were doing well, 1918. Season, but yes, in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who else do I got here? Pinky Higgins. Pinky, okay. I'll um, give you that one. Because of pink in Valentine's Day. I was trying to remember why I put that down. <laughs> but yeah, Pinky Higgins. Pink's kind of a color of, of Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've also got Fernando Rodney. Fernando Rodney. Yeah. Okay. Because remember, he shoots the arrows. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Bit of a stretch, but uh, closer than Santa. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember it? Boy, I remember this. It, I don't know if he was with the Mariners or who he was with, but it was against the Angels. The bottom of the eighth, he came in and closed down the bottom of the eighth, and he shot an arrow thinking that, that, that the game was over. <laughs> oh, God, and then right. the Angels in the bottom of the ninth, 
scored to win or at least to tie the game. I remember Trout came across the plate as a tying run, turned around, looked at him and shot an arrow into center field. <laughs> As, as was deserved. Yeah, that was something. So I've got a couple more. Do you you have some you want to throw in there? Yeah, I came up with the catcher Tyler Flowers. Yep. Oh, shoot. All right. I'll X him off my list here. And I also had a candy. I went with Candy Cummings. Mm-hmm. Father yep. of? Jim? What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm candy, guessing. Candy Cummings is the father of the curveball. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, and uh, how about Jimmy Hart? Not the uh, wrestling the guy. Oh, <laughs> I went with Jimmy Hart. <laughs> I'm um, not familiar with baseball. It's okay, Jimmy Hart. here's a couple that I thought were pretty good. Angel Baroa, Angel. Okay, yeah, I'll allow it. All right, and then an obvious one, Pete Rose. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, he's on my list too. I'll have to okay, take that one off. Just checking, man, because yeah. that, that one can't be missed for reals. Yeah, that was. Uh, we got Ellis Valentine, or Bobby Valentine. How about Ellis Valentine? He's another one. Yeah, if you want to just keep name, I mean, I can name off a ton of hearts. <laughs> and yeah, we already did Corey Hart, so that's that's all I have. All right. Well, I've got I've got Cookie Rojas. Give cookies to your sweetheart. I've got Jose Cardinal Valentine's Day card. So that's <laughs> along Santa nah, yeah card yeah. and all. Let's see, uh, Moonlight Graham, because you have a romantic moonlit dinner. <laughs> okay, sure. And during that romantic moonlit dinner, on your table for light, you have a candle that has a flame. So I'm going to go with Flame Deli. Wow. Now, that's not now, a I've deli. I've visited the Flame Deli before. <laughs> they have really good beef sandwiches. No, this is uh, 1912 Flame Deli. One game uh, as a pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Three innings, seven hits, six runs, uh, three walks. Funny, I've never heard of him. No, shockingly enough, I had not heard of him either, but I was throwing some Valentine's Day terms into baseball reference, and that's what I came up with. Fair enough. All right, well, if anybody else has some some Valentine's names we missed... And usually know. they do. Yeah, but a lot more clever than ours. Yeah, that happens often. So we mentioned that baseball season, you know, it's we're middle of February here. College softball has already started. College baseball, I think, starts in a week or so. We got guys reporting to spring training early. Uh, also, banana ball kicked off this last week. Oh, the bananas. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of new rules this year, which are interesting. First of all, the, the bananas are on a 10-game losing streak. The party animals Uh-oh. have won the last nine games of last season, and they won the opener this year. And I'm kind of a party animals guy. I like the bananas, but I kind of always root for the, par- for the party animals. You like animals. the Washington Generals, too? Well, the Washington Generals never win. And I think they're, they the, once, I they're think. the Metropolitans now, I think. Oh, they changed well, their name okay. a while ago. New merch. One of them. They sell a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Uh, a couple of new rules. One is the golden batter rule. Now, this one, this is great for this game. You never see it in major leagues. But once a game, you can use the golden batter in which you can choose anybody in your lineup and send them to the plate at that moment. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So think if you're you're in the ninth inning, you're down a run, and you have got Ricky Henderson leading off the inning. What you could do is have... Use Ricky twice. Use him as the golden batter. Let him get on and then have him hit again. Maybe that's not the greatest example because he's not the great number two hitter. But if you're in the middle of the lineup, you could have him 
then come and lead off if you've designated him as the golden batter, which I think you have to proclaim that before the game. Oh, okay. This is our, so usually your best hitter or maybe sure. a leadoff guy like that. I thought that was interesting. I'm not sure. I think they've had challenges before. They have a fan challenge where the fans can actually challenge a play. But the coaches to challenge a play, I didn't see this at all last year. They throw a smoke bomb out on the field. Okay. Yeah. So it's really? yellow. It's yellow. You know, like the the. Well, I guess they just lobbed this yellow smoke bomb that <laughs> filled up the stadium. <laughs> but it was awesome. I thought it was pretty awesome. pretty funny. Uh, that the, the, that was what they went with. I'm here for it. Let's see a couple of other things. The Cincinnati Reds. Mark, you sent this to me like at the same time I read it. Reds signed an 18-year-old. I think he, he's 19 now from uh, San Jose del Cabo, Mexico. Yes. With a name, and I swear, I think we've talked about him before, like maybe two years ago. Ichiro Cano Hernandez. Yes, somebody's a Mariner fan. Yeah, I was going to say, seems like the Reds should have let the Mariners sign this guy, right? Absolutely. You'd uh, think they'd pass on him just for that sake. Or maybe they'll trade him. Maybe they'll trade him to the Mariners because he was the best available. I don't know. But that, he's if got I were the Mariners, I would, I would definitely try to, to trade for him. Yeah, I think it's a given. You've got to do that. Something else here, Expos news. This is the second straight week we've talked about the Expos, which is good, like the Expos. Yeah, well, history. So Olympic Stadium, home, former home of the Montreal Expos. We know that was kind of a yard sale there, that place with the the roof. The roof wasn't ready when they first started playing there. It was supposed to be retractable, but it ended up not being. And now it's in disrepair. I mean, first of all, it's impressive that Olympic Stadium is still standing. This is true. I'm trying to think of former stadiums that are no longer inhabited that are still standing. I think Jack Murphy, no, they destroyed Jack Murphy recently in San Diego because they still use that as a football stadium. Turner Field is still up in Atlanta. They use that for football, for college football. But I I really couldn't think of many of them. But the Quebec government is going to spend $870 million dollars to replace the roof on this stadium. Wow, just the roof. Yeah, they said if they don't do that, the stadium would be condemned within two years. The The roof currently has, they estimate, wow. 20,000 tears in it. That's absolutely frightening. Yeah, I am, I, I'm not sure what, I mean, they must still use this for for something, whether it be concerts or, or, or what, but... I mean, if you're going to invest that much money in it, it better have some return. But maybe they're just waiting for an expansion team to come back and they can play there. Well, let's hope for them. I don't know if they've done it recently. The Blue Jays used to play two exhibition games at the end of spring training there. Right. I don't know that they've done that recently. But let's see. I mentioned I was trolling. Not trolling. I was looking around baseball reference, especially for these Valentine names. And I came across Dan Ugla. Yes. Uh, of course, I think of him with the Marlins. I think he also played for Atlanta. I think he's like Norwegian or something with that last name. But uh, I noticed that he was on Twitter because baseball reference, if they're on social media, will generally link their, their social media. So I went to his page. He joined in 2009, early adapter, never posted a single thing. 
never replied to anybody, never liked anything. <laughs> he has about 4,000 followers, though. But he's never done anything. Never done anything. He follows one person. I'm thinking, okay, it's got to be a former teammate, a family member, you know, something like that. I take one. Is it guess. Taylor Swift? No, it is not. But you're okay, very that's close. That's the first time she's been mentioned on our show. I think. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm rooting for the Niners here in the Super Bowl. But well, she's larger than life. I know. Yeah. I'm all about Taylor. I, I'm not going to say I'm a Swifty, but I'm all about Taylor Swift right now. But she's two, certainly a fantastic business person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think her mom has a lot to do with that. Her momager. But 2009, I'm not sure if Taylor Swift was in the spotlight or on social media. But not quite yet. Yeah. So 2009, the only player that Dan Ugla fought, player, the only person that Dan Ugla follows, Britney Spears. <laughs> I wasn't that far off. No, I, you really weren't. I think he was, maybe this was, he got thirst trapped and, you know, was trying to do what Travis Kelsey did with Taylor Swift and trying to hook up with a date with Britney. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows, man? She dated a few guys. Yeah. Dan Ugga, she could do worse. This is true. <laughs> uh, last week, Mark, we talked about baseball players who play basketball. You know, we it was kind of an off-the-cuff kind of thing, but I remembered a couple of players that we didn't bring up that we really should have. So I want to go back and revisit that. Basketball, uh, they, well, I'm sorry. <clears throat> baseball players who played basketball at some point. And one of the guys that we forgot to mention was Kenny Lofton. Oh, sure. Like one yeah. of our, our favorite players played at the University of Arizona. He was a That's really right. good baseball, a really good basketball player. Also, Chuck Connors, the rifleman. Oh, man. How did we not think of that? I Well, I mean, it's, I think he's more known <laughs> for a, a, being a basketball player. And he was a little bit before our time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Chuck Connors played in, in both, I think, the NBA and Major League Baseball. Uh, Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, and Fergie Jenkins. We've mentioned this before. They, at one point, played for the uh, Harlem Globetrotters. That's right. Uh, Dave Winfield, famously drafted by both the Atlanta Hawks and the Utah Stars in basketball. Yes. He was, I think he was drafted in every league available except for hockey, maybe. <laughs> and of he course, might have been drafted in hockey, too. Who yeah, knows? he might have been. And, of course, Tony Gwynn. I mean, we can't forget Tony Gwynn. He still holds a lot of records at San Diego State. But he was drafted by the San Diego Clippers. And I think he was drafted, I think I read that he was drafted by the Clippers on the same day that the Padres drafted him. Oh, that's cool. I think he made the right choice. So that is by no means an exhaustive list. Just names that I think most of our listeners... All right, so let's get into trivia. Last week, we had a listener-submitted trivia question from longtime listener Brian Krause, who asked, there are two pitchers who gave up a home run to both Henry Aaron and Barry Bonds. Not Bobby, but Barry Bonds. Who are they? Mark, yes. any idea? I only know because of the guesses I got in, in email. All right, well, who are they? Tom Cook said uh, Frank Tanana. Yeah, okay. All right. I was going to say, um, I don't think Tom Cook gave up a home run to both those guys, but he's a big Frank Tanana fan, and he just knew that off the top of his head. Of course, yeah. He said it came to mind, so I, I, I give him credit for that. Okay, and then Jeffrey Trotter wrote in and said Tanana and Rick Russell. There you go. Those are the two. Big Daddy, Rick Ru Wasn't Wasn't Rick Russell Big Daddy on that his nickname? Was he? Well, we'll have to look and see here. I don't know. Rick Russell, Big Daddy. There it there is. There you go. 
Yeah, I remember him from the Giants in the late 80s, but, I mean, he debuted in 72, played for the Cubs for 12 years. Wow. Uh, also spent half a season with the Yankees and then Pittsburgh as well. He's got some, go. got some black ink here. I mean, Tom I, Cook, with, the, with his answer, also mentioned that his oldest son, Chris Cook, used to listen every week, and he doesn't anymore. So what the heck's up with that? Him, maybe mentioning him will get him back on the wagon. Or if not, please send us his address and we'll... <laughs> we'll show up. We'll send somebody to go. Talk to, look at this. In uh, in 1987, Big Daddy Rick Russell was 38 years old. All-star, 13 and 9. Wow. He, uh, 309 ERA, 12 complete games, 4 shutouts. you got to be kidding me. Led the league That's in amazing. whip with 1.097. And he won a gold glove. Goodness gracious. Jeez. That's pretty impressive right there. No kidding. Then he went on in 1988 at age 39 to lead the league in games started with 36. Dude had a rubber arm. Yeah. And he wasn't even a lefty. But he pitched till he, was, pitched till he was 42. All right. So thank you very much, Brian Krause, for that question. I have got a new one here. You're going to have to get out your calculators for this. And I do not believe that uh, Stathead is going to help anybody here. Okay. What is the longest combination of letters in two batters' last names that have ever hit back-to-back home runs? That's a tough one. Yeah. So, like I said, get out your abacus or your your phone or your calculator or your fingers and toes. I don't. Doesn't matter how you do it. But let's see if anybody can come up with the longest two last names of guys that have gone back-to-back. Man, yeah, I, I'm not even going to try on this one because, come on. I, I bet someone gets it, though. Sadaharo O and... <laughs> <laughs> yes. My, well, I, I come up with, like, the ones I think of are, like, Jared Saltamakia. Yep. Well, you could you could try. You're going to have to... I don't know. You're going to have to go through his career home runs and see if when he was involved in back-to-backs. Right. Yeah. 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 Or if. Yeah, well, I'm sure at some point he was part of a back-to-back home run. But, uh, all right, so there you go. There's our trivia question. Uh, You can, uh, if you want to tell us what your answer is, uh, you probably know how to do it. All the links are in the show notes. We'll tell you later on at the end of the show. But that's going to do it for our BP segment. Let the grounds crew come out and do their stuff. Mark, this is, I mentioned spring training. This is kind of our spring cleaning episode. I think, and I know you do too, I've got a backlog here of stories that are like three sentences long that I've written down to look up and maybe expand upon in future shows. But a lot of these I wrote like when we were at show 20 or 21. <laughs> so uh, this is, by the way, show number 240. That's a lot well, of shows. Come so. a long ways. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> think of how many hours uh, we have spent doing this. <laughs> That's uh, my parents would be disappointed. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's clean out the closet. I think Eminem said that and just and uh, just get some of these out of the way. So I'll go first here. I saw this uh, somewhere else that where I was reading about baseball, which never happens. But uh, this happened to come up on social media. And so it, it fits right in with what I was reading earlier. It was about Bobby Chance. Bobby Chance, 98 years old right now. He is the third oldest living player, former player, to cohabitate on this planet right now. 
with us. Played for the A's when they were in, excuse me, he's the last living person to have played for the A's when they were in Philadelphia. Wow. He was, he is also the last living player to play under the tutelage of Cornelius McGillicuddy. Oh, AKA yeah. Connie Mack. Yes. He had a good career. Three-time All-Star, MVP, World Series, ERA titles, goal, eight gold gloves. Nice. Uh, as a relief pitcher, even, he got some gold gloves. But uh, he had a great, a great career. Do you know who the oldest pitcher that is living, or not pitcher, the oldest player that is living, who they are? I don't have a clue. It is Art Schalock. Hmm, I was, that was on the tip of my yeah, tongue. probably. Let's see. He pitched for five years in the big leagues, four and a half with the Yankees, and then finished up the last season of his career in Baltimore, where, let's wow. see, overall six and seven record, 402 ERA. Not, you know, he, he seems like he was kind of a, an average player, but he is still kicking around. Let's see, how old is he? He is 99 years, 289 days as of this recording. Wow. So good for you, Art. And then Bill Greason is second right in front of Bobby, Bobby Chance. Uh, one year in 1954 for the Cardinals. I think he played in the Negro Leagues as well. That's but awesome. There you go. Those are the three oldest pitchers. Or not pitch. Why am I stuck on pitchers? I don't know. No, you like pitchers. I do. So I have uh, a number of shorter stories uh, from the Negro Leagues. And since it's Black History Month, I thought now is a good time to tell them. Josh Gibson. Heard of him. He hit a home run that never came down. Mm, still circling the planet as we speak. Well, th- a lot of people say it did come down. He was playing the Pittsburgh Crawfords. Um, they were playing at Forbes Field. And uh, Josh was playing for this team and he hit a ball so high and so far that nobody saw it come down. Now, the story goes on to say the next day the Crawfords were playing in Philadelphia and a ball dropped out of nowhere and the center fielder caught it, to which the uh, umpire pointed to Gibson and shouted, you're out yesterday in Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds completely legit. Absolutely. I just, I love that story so much. I had to tell it, of course, Josh Gibson also called the Black Babe Ruth, one of the most amazing hitters of all time. But uh, who knew that he could hit a ball from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia? Yeah. I mean, it must have been a high pop fly. Now see the rules guy in me, would say, no, he's not out because you have to have the ball in your glove before you exit the playing field for it to count as an out. Yeah, well, that pretty much discounts the story then. Yeah. All right. Scrap that. I'll edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks, man. I didn't want to be known for saying anything untrue. Well, because that never happens here. All right. Well, I found this. This is this has been on social media here recently. So this is not one of the older ones, but uh, there's been a lot of posts about the Chinichi Dragon social media account. So what they do is after every win, they post kind of a, a cool picture from the game and they put a English saying, not saying, but English words on it, I guess. And I'm completely baffled as to what they mean. As is the internet, apparently. So I'm looking at one here where the uh, dragons beat the tigers four to one. And the picture is of, uh, I'm assuming this is probably their starter. And in English, it says, it smells good. (laughs) 
That's awesome. Here's one that says, have a nice me. Okay. One that just says run. One that says he's gorgeous. (laughs) That's one of my nicknames. (laughs) Uh, Kiss the crisis. I have, (laughs) what the heck does that mean? Bizarre. I, I don't know. Are these like literal translations of something that they've written in Japanese that don't translate exactly? Sounds like it. Sounds like it might be. We did a show a long time ago on uh, a baseball video game that used a bunch of weird. Oh, the Legend Bobson Dugnut. Uh, long ago. Allergy. Or, no. Yeah. Allergy. No more. <laughs> oh, lucky guy. And what's funny is this is all in blue, this all blue text, but one letter is always in red. Which I don't know <laughs> what that signifies. <laughs> then they've got a picture here. Of uh, one of the dragons sliding into a base. I'm going to assume it's second base. And it says 270 feet ecstasy. Okay. Now this one is a little R-rated here. This one, all it says is grab the D. (laughs) So I'll let you come up with what you think that means. But it's just, what's odd about it is it is a picture of somebody in a dark room just sitting by themselves. And it says grab the D. So, oh man, that's not one of my nicknames. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, cool, Papa Bell. He's come up a number of I like times him. on the yeah. show. the The legend was, or it might be true, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain that that he could round the bases in twelve seconds, which is ridiculous, right? But you know, as we've talked about before, Satchel Paige once said that Cool Papa Bell was so fast he could flick off the light switch. And be in bed before the room went dark. And we know that's true. That is physically uh, possible. Be. Yeah. Yeah. So 12 seconds for context in the StatCast era, the fastest inside the park home run was by Byron Buxton, an incredibly fast individual. And his, the time he ran the bases was 13.85 seconds, which is insane. I mean, that's, but, that's three seconds to each base. <laughs> exactly. Byron could run. Let me tell you. There are multiple sources, including Bill Veck, that said he clocked Bell, Cool Papa Bell, at 13.1 seconds in Chicago. And it was on a muddy field. So it, I don't know if it's too far beyond the stretch of imagination to think he could have run the bases in 12 seconds, which is ridiculous, but possible. I don't know. I, I mean, first of all, so... 90 feet the each bag so that's 360 feet what does what is like Usain Bolt how fast can he run that straight without you know just on a track yeah good question let alone you're having to you're not running straight you know that they're running more than 360 feet right because you're not running straight lines you're kind of you know you're running a an arc from base to base and then you got to cut the bases you got to touch them I don't know. This one seems a little far-fetched to me, but I mean, if Buxton did it in 13 seconds, I, I'm going to say yeah. it's possible. I mean, you never know. Were seconds longer back then? Uh, I think they were a little bit because clocks weren't as good. <laughs> That's got to be it. <laughs> but I mean, remember there's stories though from old-timey baseball, especially when they didn't have four umpires, of runners that would touch second and then halfway to third would just cut across over the pitcher's mound and yes. then go home and the umpires only being one or two of them would be watching something else and never see it they're focused on where the ball went yeah so yeah 
Yeah. Hey, I'm not saying he did that. I'm just saying, I think it's crazy, but not beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah. I'm going to give cool Papa Bell the benefit of the doubt. Cause he's cool. Papa Bell. That's an absolutely great point. All right. I got a quick stat for you here. This is a real quick one. Barry Bonds in 2001, of the guys that he drove in that year were named Barry Bonds. Just tells me he doesn't have a lot of talent in front of him at that point. (laughs) Not a lot of guys getting on base. No. So 2001, that was the year he hit 73 home runs and 177 walks. Drove in 137. Wow. On base of 515. I mean, it's just black ink, almost this, almost the, the, the whole way across. But most of those home runs, not most, but a good deal of those were just solo shots. If he's driving only himself in, that's that's amazing. I've never heard that stat. I, that's got to be right. That's got to be the the highest percent. Oh, I I would think so. Wow, pretty impressive. <laughs> that's cool. So, so have you ever heard of Ted Radcliffe, a.k.a. Double Duty? I did. I used him in Immaculate Grid just the other day. Oh, nice. Okay. So he was double duty because he was a pitcher and a catcher. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, he had a pretty good day. He was catching in the first game of a doubleheader, and he caught uh, a shutout by Satchel Page. So, you know, that's cool. He called a good game. Satchel pitched amazingly, as usual. And then he would pitch the next game. And believe it or not, he threw a shutout. So it wasn't a good offensive day for the team they were playing. (laughs) He caught a shutout, then he pitched a shutout. And sports writer Damon Runyon said that Radcliffe was worth the price of two admissions. And that's where he got the name Double Duty. Nice. I mean, that's got to be tough. You're the opposing team and you know you've got Satchel and then Double Duty. will deface you in a doubleheader. That's not fun. Yeah, I mean, you almost don't want to play your starters that day. Give them a day off. (laughs) Well, again, in the Negro Leagues, they didn't have, I mean, you're not looking at a 26-man roster. You probably got 13 guys on the whole team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So how about this? Uh, Let's go back to to the NPB here, the Hiroshima Carp. Back in 1982, reliever Hitake Watanabe, it's his final career game this is he's hanging it up after this game this is the last game of the season and somebody told him he was one hit batter away from setting the all-time career mark in the npb so what did he do hit the final batter on purpose (laughs) (laughs) so he got criticism for this but he said quote if i don't chase a record am i not a professional end quote (laughs) okay if he says so yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, he's in the record book. That's just like when Nolan struck Ricky out for, for number 5,000. Ricky said, ah, it's another paragraph for me in the record book. <laughs> good point. Yes. That was good. I, I, I like that. One more story that I wanted to tell, a little short story. Smokey Joe Williams, he played for the Homestead Grays, and he once struck out 27 batters in one game. Wow. Now, the game went 12 innings. Still. So, one hit in 12 innings. Struck out 27, and then there was a pitcher, the opposing pitcher, Chet Brewer, struck out 19. So it was a game of swings and misses. The Grays actually got a run across in the 12th and won the game. So he got the W in that, too. Struck out 27, got the win. 
Not enough baseball players named Chet anymore. <laughs> no, there aren't too many. That's Chet Lemon is like the last. Yeah, it's the only one that comes to mind. I, I think it's short for Chester, right? I would think so. Yeah, I, I think that's what Chet is short for. Yeah, let's see. I, I'm looking here. There's the. I think Chet Lemon was the last Chet in Major League Baseball. Everybody else is from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Yeah, there's not a lot of Chets around these days. No, like, a, yeah, Chester Earl Lemon was Chet Lemon. Okay, okay. So Chet the Jet. Good. Oh, yeah, was nice. First round draft pick by the A's. I didn't know that. Oh. Let's see who they got for him. Traded by the A's with Dave Hamilton to the White Sox for Stan Bonson and Skip Pitlock. Well, they traded a Chet for a Skip? <laughs> I think we've talked about Skip Pitlock before because that is just a... 80 grade name right there. <laughs> that is a fantastic name. His yes. real name, Lee Patrick Thomas Pitlock, but with a last name like Pitlock, they're like, we're going to call you Skip. Yeah, I would think so. That's where my mind goes when I think of Pitlock. <laughs> I think that's my new noom de plume. I like it. Yeah, I probably said that wrong, but whatever. All right. Well, I think that's enough of our, our spring cleaning for today. Next week, we'll come back. And, and do an actual story, I guess. This isn't really yeah. a Tales from the Dugout, because I think these are even too short for Tales from the Dugout. Yeah, we were able to do quite a number, though. So Yeah, but we're next week we're going to just talk about Skip Pitlock. <laughs> Ten bucks is his name. He's probably got like a saver bio, but whenever I pick anybody else, they never do. All right, so Mark, let's move on from this. It's kind of a coronation day, I feel like. Uh-oh, yeah. Because I am on the verge of winning my first ever Wax Pack Heroes title. The scoreboard is currently 19 to 12. You broke my winning streak last week, but we're sending Rowdy Telez out for his second back-to-back outing. I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> we've got nothing to lose at this point. But before we get into all that other stuff, uh, let's play the theme song that we paid a, a very large sum of money to have made for us. It's time for Wax Packs Heroes. Mark, let's uh, go through the rules here because some people are just joining us here maybe for the first time. Yeah, and I always forget them too. Yeah, so I, I know. I got to remember you all the time. So we're going to open up some wax packs or old baseball cards. It happens to be this week, not wax packs, they're actually plastic. Some 91 score baseball cards we're going to open up. What we're going to do is each pack here, one for me, one for Mark. We're going to take the baseball reference war of each card that we pull, total those up, and at the end, whoever has the highest amount wins, uh, which is going to be me. I think the NSYNC said that, right? It's going to be me. <laughs> I I have no idea, man. It was. I don't know anything about the 98 Backstreet Kids on the sink I, 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 or whatever they're called. Okay, Boomer. So anyway, some <laughs> things that can get uh, you extra points or, or minus points, uh, anything on the player's face. So that means sunglasses, flip downs, eye black, a mustache, uh, a nose piercing. We haven't had one of those yet. I'm still waiting for one of those. Any of that is an extra tenth of a point. If they're wearing real stirrups where we can see sanitary socks, that's an extra tenth of a point. Two and ones, though, which were very popular in 1991, so we could get those. That's a minus tenth of a point. If the mustache is 80 grade, like a Raleigh Fingers, 
Wade Boggs at his peak, that kind of stuff. We could give you an extra tenth of a point for that as well. If the card, uh, if they won any awards that year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, All-Star, or a Gold Glove, half a point each. If there's a Hall of Famer on the card, whether they're the focus or not, you get a whole extra point. If Ricky Henderson shows up in any card, my pack or Mark's card, I get five points. If Nolan Ryan does in either pack, Mark gets those five points. Any pop culture references, that's half a point each if they're easily found, unless they appear on The Simpsons, Seinfeld, or Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's a whole extra point. We are also uh, going to take away half a point if they appeared in the Mitchell Report or were suspended during their careers. And also for half a point, very similar to the Ricky or Nolan clause, we are each going to pick a team. And if my team shows up in either pack, I get a half a point. If Mark's team does, he gets the half a point. Mark, which team are you going to go with today? Because of the Nolan Ryan rule and because we're in 91, I'm going to go with the Rangers and try and score really big. That would be a big score because Hall of Famer, it's Nolan Ryan. And, you know, well, we know he didn't win the Cy Young. Pop culture reference, you get the Advil commercials at best or at worst, but then there's also a whole movie about him. So that's true. Yeah. I mean, you'll get, you'll get the Advil thing was when he was ready to go another nine innings. (laughs) All right. I think I took the A's last week. I think we had a lot of Brewers last week. I doubt it's going to happen twice, but I'm going to go with the Brewers. Okay, cool. All right. So Nolan Ryan reference, January 31st, we celebrated his birthday, 77 years old. Yep. Still popping those Advil, I guess. <laughs> I certainly will be if I reach that age. All right, Mark, I got two packs here. One of my left hand, one of my right hand. I'm going to let you pick which pack you want. All right. I've been picking pretty badly this season, but I feel like it's going to be the right hand that's going to have the more points. All right. So you're going to take the right and I'm going to have you go first. Let's uh, go ahead and open up this pack. All right, here we go, Mark. Your first card is with the Chicago White Sox reliever Scott Radinsky. Rads was his nickname. 11 years in the big leagues, five with the Sox, three with the Dodgers, two with the Cardinals, one with Cleveland. In 1991, his second year in the big leagues, five and five, Mark, 202 ERA. He was a reliever, eight saves, 71 innings, 53 hits, 49 strikeouts, and a 198 ERA plus. Wow. He's That's almost amazing. Twice his numbers were almost twice as good as the as the league average. That's pretty good. All of that will equal a WAR of two point two. He does have the two and ones on though. Of course, as I as I said before, it is distinctly possible that we're going to get some two and ones here in this this pack. Nothing else on his face or anywhere else that's going to help you out. This is an exhibition stadium. I can tell from the from the wall in the background there. Using your superpower. Yep, using my one of my superpowers there. Does he get any points for winning the Tony Canigliaro Award? He was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease. Yes, and, and uh, he came back and was given the Tony Canigliaro. I don't know if we score points for that or not. I don't think we do, but, uh, you know, good for him. Glad, glad they did that. Now, this is interesting. So he was teammates with Jack McDowell with the White Sox. McDowell went on to record some, I'm just going to say music. Radinsky did too. Punk rock. Oh, sweet. Let's see. <laughs> he was big into Nardcore, which was Oxnard, California's hardcore scene. <laughs> Nardcore. Oh, wow. I love that. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> Let's see. He sang for a group called Scared Straight, which recorded an album called You Drink, You Drive, You Die. So I, this kind of nice. sounds more like 
community service than <laughs> than anything. Later, they changed their name to Ten Foot Pole because that's yeah. So you wouldn't touch them. Yeah. Isn't? What was the the message from the social media team about grab the D or something like that's that? Right. <laughs> Let's see. Oh wow, they opened up for Green Day at one point. No way. Yeah. So good. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the half a point there for that. I appreciate that. And that, I had no idea. That's so cool. Also owned a skate park in Simi Valley for a while. Well, that, that goes right along with the uh, Nardcore. (laughs) Nardcore. (laughs) That sounds like the kind of music that uh, Andy from The Office would be into. That was a good office joke if you, if you're a big fan. All right. Uh, next, we have got a guy here with the Angels. I remember him. I used him in Immaculate Grid uh, as an expo. It is Lee Stevens. Ten years in the big leagues. Four with the Rangers, three with the Expos, three with the Angels, one with Cleveland. 1991, his second year in the big leagues as well. Only appeared in 18 games. 293 average, 354 on base. No home runs, nine RBI, a 113 OPS plus, And that is a war of exactly zero. Well, he didn't hurt it. No. Let's see. He's got real stirrups on, too. Uh, beautiful, beautiful real stirrups. So you'll get an extra tenth of a point there. This is an old Comiskey. Got those yellow, or no, I'm sorry, this is not Comiskey. This is County Stadium, right? That's what it was called. The yellow bars and the box seats right behind home plate. Uh, let's see, nothing else on that card is going to help you out. First round draft pick by the Angels in 1986. Interestingly, he was uh, traded to the Cleveland baseball team with three minor league prospects, Cliff Lee, Brandon Phillips and Grady Sizer. Yeah, those are, well, he was traded with Bartolo Colon too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Also traded with Brad Fulmer for David Segui. A lot of, a lot of good names there that he was shuffled around with. Let's see. It says currently hitting coach of the Hartford Yard Goats, but I don't know how old that is then. <laughs> Gotta love the Yard Goats. Yeah. All right. So uh, you're at 2.7. Your next card is a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. I'm going to guess he was on the 90 team. It is Tim Leana. Tim's kind of Leana in a thick. Ah. <laughs> that was bad. Again, I see what you did there. Yeah, that, was, that one was really bad. Uh, yep, 1990, uh, he was a rookie with the Reds. So his first year in baseball, he gets a, a World Series ring. He's like, hey, this is easy. Let's see. He only pitched for three years, though. Two with the Reds and then one in 93 with the Giants. And 91 with Cincinnati, 22 games, 0-2 and two marks, 6.97 ERA, 56 ERA plus. And that is a war of minus 0.6. Uh, it wouldn't be the same if I didn't have a couple of minuses. Yeah. Now, interesting. This card, he is in the middle of, of a pitch. He is clearly throwing a knuckleball. Oh, interesting. I, I mean, I don't... Might be a knuckle curve. I don't think there were many knuckle curves in 1990 and 91. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. He's yeah, that's definitely doing something with the knuckles there, which you don't see a lot on baseball cards. You know, only pitching three seasons. If he was a lefty, he would have pitched at least 20. Yeah, especially if he had a knuckleball. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, well, he was included in the nasty. Well, he was in the nasty boys' bullpen. I don't think he was a nasty boy, but unfortunately, passed away in '99 when he was broadsided by a car. Ooh. Well, while returning home from a juvenile diabetes golf fundraiser. Oh, boy. Oh. That's that's awful. That's that's a downer. Let's R.I.P. Tim. We'll we'll move on here. All right, you're at two point one. Next, we have got catcher for the Cubs, Hector Villanueva. One of Harry Carey's arch nemesis because he could not say that name. All right, let's see. Hector, four years in the big leagues, three with the Cubs, one with the Cardinals. Boy, everybody in this pack, just about, they're 
second season in the big leagues was 1991. Here with the Cubs, 71 games. Uh, also played a little bit of first base. 276 average, 346 on base, 13 home runs, 32 RBI, a 143 OPS plus, and a war of 2.2. Wow, really? For you, I'm Hector. Away, but that's awesome. Yeah, let's see. It's got a mustache, which is good, but he also has two and ones, which does not help you out. No, but I appreciate the points. Mm. Hector's full name was Hector Jose Alberto Villanueva Balasquid. Say that fast five times. I, I'm not even going to try. You just have to edit it out if I do that. This is throwing some shade here on Wikipedia, calling him a hefty slugger. That's not, that's not that's cool. That's one way to put it. Oh, yes. Body shame. That's ridiculous. Hey, Puerto Rican Baseball League won the Triple Crown. Hmm, nice. For a catcher, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I could hit all right, well, speaking of catchers, now this one, you and I are going to be excited about this. Here he is with the Rangers as a rookie prospect. Hasselmania, baby, Bill Hasselman. Oh, you got to love Bill Hasselman. Bill Hasselman is legitimately somebody I would love to get on the show and talk to. <laughs> we played for everyone, didn't we? Let's see, in his 13 years in baseball, only four teams. Oh, okay. Uh, Rangers for five, Red Sox for four, Mariners for three, and one year with Detroit. I didn't of know he came I up. remember him as a Mariner. Yeah, yeah, me too. I don't remember. He came up with the, with the Rangers for seven games. Then was, let's see, I'm assuming he was traded to Seattle. No, selected off waivers. He was a first round draft pick in 87. Then he was selected off waivers after seven games in the big leagues by the Mariners. Interesting. Yeah. Let's see. In 1991, bad news for you. He made his debut in 90 and then didn't come back until the Mariners in 92. Mm, in well, 1991, he spent the entire year in Oklahoma City. Well, at least he didn't give me negative points. He's a catcher, so I'm going to assume that he was he's wearing real stirrups, but there's nothing here that would help or hurt you on his card. So he's just a he's just a card. He's not not positive or negative. Oh, he went to UCLA and played for played baseball as well as football. Oh, cool. He was teammates with effort. Todd Zeal on the diamond. And falsely reported as being the backup for Troy Aikman, but he says that is not true. Hmm. Sun Tai was a catcher for UCLA in 2018 as well. Well, legacy. All right. Well, good news for you. You got a Hall of Famer here. Yay. This is a first round draft pick card. First round draft pick of the Baltimore Orioles, Mike Mussina. Moose. Yeah, I think he was pretty good. Yeah. Now, did he debut in 91? Oh, he did. Good news for you. Oh, good. Overall, 18 years in the big leagues, 10 with Baltimore, 8 with the Yankees. Of course, as we mentioned, a Hall of Famer. 1990 was his rookie season with Baltimore. Went 4-5, and 2.87 ERA in 12 Very starts. Nice. Didn't receive a single Rookie of the Year vote, <laughs> despite that. Weird. 87 innings pitched, 77 hits, 52 strikeouts, a 139 ERA+. plus. How is he not getting a vote? No, Overall, th that's a war equal to Hector Villanueva at 2.2. I take these 2.2s all day. Yeah, so nothing on the card is going to help you out, but he is a Hall of Famer, so you will get a whole extra point for that. Now, um, I remember actually watching the documentary film Wordplay. Oh, I, yes, I, very I'm well. I'm reading it, but it doesn't remind, I, I don't remember Messina being in it, but he's a, a crossword puzzle enthusiast, and he was in the movie. He is He is credited in that, so yes, we will do that. That's your, your point, or uh, half a point there nice. for, uh, for that. A collector of tractors and vintage cars. Oh, aren't we all? Let's see, he was uh, 11th round draft pick in 87 by the Orioles, didn't sign, and then the first round draft pick in 1990 by the Orioles. No, they believed. Yeah. 
And they were right. All right. So good for you there. Now, bad news for you is your next card, one of those drawings, one of the, the picture drawings yes. of an Oakland athletic, good looking guy here, wearing number 24. so i'm gonna go ahead and minus five points right off the bat here for you You go from eight to three because my boy ricky henderson oh man what kind of luck is that you know maybe we should change the rules and just say you know i get whatever points if you get a ricky henderson card yeah well however you want to make it sound it's still brutal yeah well let's see in 1991 coming off his mvp season he was an all-star this year Led the league in steals. There's a shocker. 268 average, but a 400 on base. Uh, Let's see, 18 home runs, 57 RBI, and a 135 OPS plus. And that will equal a war of 4.6. So he's a Hall of Famer, so that'll be 5.6. He was an all-star, so that'll be 6.1. And he is, of course, wearing stirrups and has a mustache. So that'll be a 6.3. Plus, you're going to get... Uh, you're going to get some uh, pop culture reference. I'm tempted to even give you a whole point because there are a lot of them. In fact, I'm going to. Nice. I mean, it would have been a huge haul for you, yeah, if it wasn't Ricky Henderson. (laughs) Exactly. That would have been Uh, uh, a 15, no, let's see, that would have been been a 12-point haul for you. Goodness gracious. Yeah, so. You know what, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Especially because it got dropped down to three. Yeah, so I don't think we need to, we need to, we talk about Ricky quite a bit here. Pretty uh, much every episode. Now, your next card, you've got two cards left, you're at 10.3. This could be a big one for you too. This guy, I've mentioned it before, if I lived on the East Coast growing up, this might have been my guy versus Ricky Henderson. It is Eric Davis. Eric the Red. Yeah, let's see. If he could have been healthy, could have stayed healthy, probably a Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. 1991, of course he was on the 90 Reds. Uh, 89 games. Probably still getting over that lacerated kidney that he suffered in the World Series uh, against the A's. 89 games, 235 average, 353 on base, 11 home runs, 33 RBI, 14 stolen bases, a 105 OPS plus, and that is good for a war of 1.1. Now, he's got a mustache. He's got Mims bands on, but that's no longer a, a rule for us. His stirrups, his, his pants go just below his knees. And he has got just a single stripe going the entire way down. Just They're two-in-ones, which is just ugly. But the two-in-ones that are this long are a crime against humanity. Ugh, that's awful. Come on, So uh, that will negate your mustache money and yes, uh, just give you sense. a 1.1. Now, I believe... Was he in, did he record a verse of Red Hots? God, that's a good question. He may, I, I would assume so. Well, he we have to. We can't assume. I mean, <laughs> it, it was during 1990 is when that was recorded. So, you know, I'm guessing he was there, but we're going to have to look this up. Yeah, I see no reference to him spitting those dope rhymes. As I think that's probably what they would have called it at that point. Yes, uh, in the heyday of MC Hammer. Yeah, no, that's a shame. I mean, he could have probably saved this track. All right, well. I don't know about that, man. It was pretty Yeah, I, I think that once I, <laughs> as soon as I said that, I. I Colonial rapping, yeah. All right, well, that will take you to 11.4 and your final card. Oh, boy, this is one of my guys. I should have picked the A's this week again. Lance, oh, darn, you've sank my Blankenship. Lance, six years in the big leagues, all of it with the good guys in the green and gold. 1991, 
90 games, 249 average, 336 on base, three home runs, 21 RBI, 12 stolen bases, and 94 OPS plus. And that is good for a war of 1.5. I'll take that. Let's see. I cannot tell if he's wearing two and ones. I, I'd be willing to bet he is, but I can't really tell. He does have flip downs and eye black on, so you'll at least get two tenths. I really cannot tell if these are, are two and ones or not. Well, we can't give me a negative for it. No, I think we'll just we'll say can't assume anything. Lance Blankenship, a strong possibility of why I wear number 12 at Fantasy Camp. <laughs> hey, man, you got to pick your players. 12 looks so good on the jersey. It really does. So I'll take that. Second round draft pick. Wow. I remember him playing pretty impressive defense. Kind of could play everywhere, too. Rotator cuff injury prevented his return to the major leagues. In 1995, he bought a trip, a, a tropical fish and aquarium store in San Ramon. And by 1998, he was managing it full time. I'm going to I wonder if this place is still around, because if it is, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. You got to check it out. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's around anymore. Darn, because I was I was 100 percent ready to go tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Thirteen point one. A uh, little bit lower than your score last week, but you did win last week. So, well, I, I feel like I have a shot, but I mean, our backs are to the wall here. All right. So here we go, Mark. I need to beat a 13.1. Oh, wait, I didn't. Did we have any of our teams in that pack? Mm-hmm. Rangers or the Brewers? Oh, wasn't Valley was a Ranger. Okay. So uh, you're going to get an extra half a point for that. Uh, so your score is actually 13.6. I don't want to be accused of shortchanging you here. All right, my first card here is with the Yankees. It is a very young and well-stirruped gentleman, Oscar Azokar. Now, there is a very famous Oscar Azokar baseball card. It's a top stadium club where his eyes are closed and he is hugging his bat. He had strong emotions for it. Three years in baseball, uh, one with the Yankee, two with the Yankee, just one of them. One with the Yankees, two with the Padres, 1991, 38 games for the Dads, 246 average, 267 on base. No home runs, nine RBI, 53 OPS plus, and that is good for a minus 0.5 war. He does have the stirrups, so that'll only be a minus 0.4 if that's still considered anything more than awful. Gotta love starting in the hole. Yeah, I'm used to it at this point. Oh, wow. Azokar died in 2010 at the age of 45 via a heart attack. The same year he was inducted into the Caribbean Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, we get a lot of dead guys here this week. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Next uh, pitcher with Atlanta. It is the fourth member of the big three, Steve Avery. That was one of my favorite players. Yeah, this is 91. This is right around when he was popping off. So let's see. Steve Avery. 11 years in the big league, seven with Atlanta, two with Boston, one with Cincinnati, and one with Detroit. 1991, he went 18 and 8 as a 21 year old. Second year in the big leagues, 3.38 ERA, 210 innings pitched, 189 hits, 137 strikeouts, a 116 ERA, plus sixth in Cy Young Award voting. And that is good for a war of 5.2. Wow, nice. Uh, I will take that. Uh, so this is his second year. He goes 18 and 8. He was 3 and 11 his rookie year. But sure I mean, turned it around. It's growing pains, if you will. One World Series 1995 with Atlanta. First round draft pick, third overall by Atlanta in 1988. The pitching staff of Avery, Glavin, Smoltz, and Pete Smith were dubbed Atlanta's young guns. I do recall that. He kind of fell off the cliff pretty quickly, though. I mean, he had he was really good and 
a big prospect and then kind of wasn't kind of kicked around everyone trying to get that that best version of him back but it just didn't happen yeah and interestingly his lifetime record in the world series is one and two with five saves five saves wow i yeah don't that, remember that any of them kind of blows me away yeah all right so i'm at 4.8 next we've got pitcher for cleveland charles Nagy. Oh, he had some good years yeah now i when i was working for the abl it was the women's basketball league that started at the same time as the WNBA. There was a, a, a woman in the league whose last name was N-A-G-Y, but she pronounced it Naj. And it just screwed me up because I've known Charles Nagy. <laughs> you know, I know that name. Sure. And it was really hard for me to, to work that out. But 14 years in the big leagues, 13 with Cleveland, final year in San Diego in 2003. Uh, 1991. Second year in the big leagues. That's a theme here. 10 and 15 mark, 4.13 ERA, 211, 211 innings pitched, 228 hits, 109 strikeouts, and a 101 ERA plus. And that is good for a war of 3.1 plus. He's got real stirrups. So yeah, that'll he's, be it. He's kind of an unheralded, but very solid pitcher. 200 innings every year, just about during his prime. Yeah. Injured a little bit. Three-time All-Star. Came in, received Cy Young votes several times. First round draft pick in 88. February 2015, Nagy was hired by Cleveland as special assistant to player development, along with John McDonald and Travis Hafner. I use, remember Hafner, his nickname was Prong, or no, his nickname was Pronk, half project, half donkey. I used him in Immaculate Grid the other day. Very nice. Wow. I don't think I would have recalled that for Immaculate Grid. Those are the kind of players you got to get right there. All right, so that'll take me up to eight even after three cards. I'm hoping there's not a Nolan Ryan card in here because you were at eight and then it, you yes, free fall crashed and for a little bit. Okay, next. Oh, there's a Brewer. I like it. That's half a point for me right off the bat, which is good because I've never heard of this guy, or at least I don't remember him. I'm sure I've heard of him. Reliever Tom Edens. Yeah, that's not a familiar name for me either. Let's see. He pitched for seven years in the big leagues, a right-hander even, just a bunch of teams, Minnesota, Houston, the Mets, Phillies, Cubs, and Brewers. 1991 with Minnesota, he went two and two, only appeared in eight games, started six, and overall an ERA plus of 105, and that is a war of 0.4. I'll take it, along with the half a point for being a Brewer. A positive number. Yeah, nothing else on this card is going to help me out. It started so well. Oh, this is this is pretty big. The Mets sent Tom Edens to the Phillies to complete an earlier deal where Lenny Dykstra and Roger McDowell were sent to the Phillies for Juan Samuel, also traded for Uncle Milt Thompson at one point. So right. Did you say he played seven seasons? Yeah. Six teams in seven seasons. Yep. All right, so I'm at 8.9. Next, I've got a Houston Astro. One of your guys, it's Glenn Davis. Uh, I love Glenn Davis. I probably will, too, once we figure out what his war is here. 1990. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, uh, 10 years in the big league. Seven with Houston, three with Baltimore. 1991 was his first year in Baltimore, and looks like he was injured, so I might not. Only appeared in 49 games, 227 average, 307 on base, 10 home runs, 28 RBI, 113 OPS plus. And that is a war of positive 0.5. I'll take it. He's got a mustache because, of course, he does. But he does. Oh, no, those are real stirrups. Yeah, I've definitely got separation there. So I'll take that as an extra point two with the mustache and stirrups. Big fan. First round draft pick by the Orioles in 1991. And we, every time, mention it. Traded by Houston to the Orioles for Steve Finley, Pete Harnish, and Kurt Schilling. I think the Orioles 
can claim they won that one. <laughs> the Big Bopper was his nickname. And the pride of Columbus, Georgia, city councilman in Columbus. And don't forget, we I think we mentioned this last uh, episode, at one point owned the Hilton Garden Inn and Homewood Suites located in Columbus, Georgia for all of your overnight needs. There you go. If you're in Columbus, you can stay at one of Glenn's hotels. All right. Next, I've got a 1990 highlight card. Four straight home runs for Mr. Bo Jackson. Oh, boy. Yeah, but did he do anything in 91? This is referencing 90. I I think pop culture is going to pay you off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just add those on. But uh, 91 was not a good year. This was the year that he got hurt, like seriously hurt. Only appeared in 23 games for the White Sox. 225 average, 333 on base, three home runs, 14 RBI. And uh, 107 uh, OPS plus, excuse me. And that is good for a war of 0.1. It's just not a negative. He is wearing two and ones, though. So <laughs> that'll quickly take that away. Bo knows, I think, is enough. I Yeah. Dare I say even a whole point for Bo knows? You can dare say it, but I don't think it should count as a point. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Although, uh, yeah, Bo knows was huge. That's a good point. I mean, and I think I gave you a whole point for, who did you get the pop culture for? You got pop culture for someone. I don't know who. I did. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll revisit that. If if I need that, I'll lobby for that extra if I need it. Well, I'll tell you what, Bo Nose was absolutely huge in sports. It really was, but we'll just, we'll let it, well, let's do this. Let's see what else. Bo Jackson has been included in. I mean, he is in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, We've done stories on Bo and just everything that he did beyond baseball and football. Oh, okay. Well, here we go. In the Chikara Professional Wrestling uh, Organization, which I know of this, the throwbacks, who uh, one dressed Dasher Hatfield dressed as an old-timey baseball player, and his tag team partner was Mark Mr. Touchdown Anglosetti, had a finishing move called the Bo Jackson. (laughs) <laughs> tribe called That's pretty awesome tribe called quest referenced him in a song mm-hmm. uh foxy brown referenced him in a song of course he was the greatest tecmo bowl player of all time also has a video game bo jackson's hit and run as well as bo jackson baseball for the nes let's see he was a character in pro stars a cartoon on sunday morning for nbc featuring wayne gretzky and michael jackson he was on Married with Children in an episode of Lewis and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, and Diagnosis and Murder. Wow. I'm going to go ahead and say he gets a full yeah. point of... <laughs> I think he deserves a point. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with you on this one. All right. I'm going to give extra half a point there. So I'm at 10... Oh, interesting story about Bo Jackson. He once cursed me out. I had you the probably deserved for it. an autograph. Oh, wow. When, when was this? Let's see if he was... He was with the Raiders. Okay, but I mean, when did you ask for it? Was he eating dinner? Was he? No, no, no. He was just walking through the lobby of a hotel. All right. Well, not cool, Bo. I'll (laughs) minus half a point for your total for that. (laughs) All right. So anyway, I'm at 10.6 with three cards left. Three points behind you. Here we've got catcher for the Blue Jays. This guy, not a Ricky Henderson fan. Pat Borders. I remember he cursed Ricky out because in the ALCS one year, probably in... Probably in 89, Ricky stole a base and had it stolen so bad borders didn't even throw. And so Ricky didn't slide. He just tiptoed into second base and borders did not like that. Let's see. 17 years in baseball. 
eight for the Blue Jays, three with the Mariners, three with Cleveland, and then one apiece for Minnesota, Kansas City, St. Louis, California, Houston, and the White Sox. 1991 with Toronto, 244 average, 271 on base, five home runs, 37 RBI, a 69, nice, OPS plus, and not nice is a minus 0.5 war. Whoa. Yeah, you needed that point from Bo. Yeah, I did. Let's see. He usually has a mustache, but I can't see it in this shot, so I don't think I'm going to get anything else from this card. Two World Series rings, both with the Blue Jays, 92 and 93. So he was a teammate of Ricky Anderson's at one point, so maybe they buried the hatchet, I'm hoping. I remember when the Mariners DFA'd him. Sad day. It was. I liked Pat Borders. I was. He's just one of those tough guys, you know, that he always was hard-nosed. Let's see, at one point, managed the Williamsport Crosscutters. Oh, wow. Not anymore, but there you go. All right, so now that, that kind of hurt. I got two cards left here, and I'm at 10.1. Here, pitcher for the Phillies, Pat Combs. I'm not, I'm not expecting a whole lot from Pat. It was a Philly, right? In this picture, yes. Let's see, four years in the big leagues, all of it with the Phillies. So, yeah, I remember the name, definitely. Let's see, 1991, 2-6 with a 4.9 ERA. Not looking good here. 64 innings, pitch 41 strikeouts, a 75 ERA plus. Oh, a war of 0.8, though. And he's oh. got real stirrups on, so that'll be 0.9. Nice. This picture early in the season at Wrigley Field, because there's no ivy on the on the walls. Lefty. Only pitched for four years. Must have gotten hurt. Yeah. If he was a lefty, he'd have been around for quite a while. Yeah, he kicked around for a couple of years in, oh, wow, in AAA, but I mean... ERA is all north of five goes to prove yeah. that even if you're a lefty, if you suck, <laughs> you can still have a place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Combs, the author of the book, more than the score, how parents and coaches can cultivate virtue in youth America. Is that your pop culture? Does that I'm count? not, I'm not sure that tickles the pop culture itch that I have. He and Tom house worked together for many years, developing MLB pitchers and NFL quarterbacks, Bobby Valentine's pitching coach and, with the, with the Rangers, who had pitchers, including Nolan Ryan, throwing the football to warm up. That's right. We still see today. All right, so my final card. I am at 11. You're at 13.6. This is, I, I know I'm going to get pop culture, a full pop culture reference, because he's been on Seinfeld. Uh, he's also a very good baseball player. Uh, he was also on the uh, 1990 Cincinnati Reds. It's Paul O'Neill. <laughs> Now you hit two home runs in one game. Oh boy! <laughs> Seventeen years in baseball, nine with the Yankees, uh, eight with the Reds, five World Series rings, wow. one with the Reds, and then the rest with the Yankees. Uh, good news for me: nineteen ninety-one, he was an All Star as well. One hundred and fifty-two games, two fifty-six average, three forty-six on base. Let's see: twenty-eight home runs, ninety-one RBI, twelve stolen bases for the Warrior. Oh, man, I'm in trouble. Yeah, 127 OPS plus, and all of that together equals a 4.9 war. Oh, and thus endeth the season. I have got real stirrups, so that's a tenth of a point. He was on Seinfeld, so that's a whole extra point. I don't think we really need to look at anything else. That is 17. The crowd is, they're streamers. We're jumping on the pitcher's mound. The champagne is being sprayed. They're handing out hats and t-shirts. The crowd is just going crazy here. And And so goes the Mark A. Johnston legacy 
and winning streak. The, so. the long-suffering fans here of my Wax Wax Heroes team, and uh, I'm going to come out and they're going to they're going to hand me the trophy on the on the stand here, and you know the team's behind me, and I'm I'm saying you know this is a great great group of guys, you know they really left it out there every every game. Congratulations, I want to say congratulations to Mark's team. Great run, you know. Not every year can't be it can't be your best. Thank you to 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 the fans especially. This is for you. <laughs> no, I'm I'm hoping to, to come back next year and, and not lose the title of dynasty. Yeah, I think three out of four yeah. or is it we on five? Jeez, I don't know. Well, congratulations, Jeff. You just were better than me this year. I can admit it. Yeah, I, I have we ever had a eight game difference in the total? I'm not sure that yeah, we have. I'm not sure. Might have been the, the biggest. We don't keep very good records. <laughs> well, you're gonna go back and listen to the other. <laughs> go back and listen to the other finales. But, all right, there we go. There we go. A very, like I said, and you know, getting the win for me, Rowdy Teles. <laughs> of course. <laughs> all right, so that's gonna wrap up this edition of Wax Packs Heroes. The season for Wax Packs Heroes. We're gonna make some changes for next year. Definitely gonna come up with some different things. Maybe tweak it a little bit. Make it a little, little bit different. We've been doing this for a long time, but that's also going to wrap up this episode. Thank you once again for joining us for Two Strike Noise. You can find all of our links to all our socials in the show notes or just type in the Google box at Two Strike Noise. That is T-W-O Strike Noise. It'll lead you to a bunch of stuff all mainly associated with us. Just Two Stroke Noise is something different. <laughs> that's uh, right. Make that's, sure you spell it right. That's about motorcycle engines, apparently. But go ahead and grab the D, as the uh, dragons say. Maybe that must be what the D means, is dragons. I'm going to yeah, assume maybe. it is, because we're a family-friendly show. And uh, Mark, you've got an email address people can get a hold of us. Yeah, you can write to us if you got a trivia answer, or if you just want to say hi, let us know that we're annoying. Whatever you want to do, you can write to us at 2StrikeNoise, that's T-W-O, Strike Noise at gmail.com all right there you go we will go take a rest it's going to be a long night of partying remember when alexander ovechkin finally won the stanley cup with the caps and he was (laughs) drunk for like two months that's probably what it's going to be like for us (laughs) well it's going to make for an interesting show next week well the next two weeks yeah all right that'll (laughs) do it for us thank you for joining us we'll see you next week on the next episode of two strike noise thank you god bless you have a great day 